Good morning, people. My name is Martha. There are a lot of us around today, it seems. Um, I will be sharing with us today. Let's just pray as we start off. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word. Your word is life. It gives us guidance. It gives us hope. We pray that even as we share, as we delve into this particular passage, that Father Lord, you minister to us and you guide us, O oh Father Lord, in understanding what we ought to do to honor you. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. All right. So, first off, who knows where we are getting our sermon teaching for that day? Did we read? Did we read? Okay, so I want someone to open their Bibles and open the book of Jonah and then please also stand up and read from where you are. As you see, the struggle is real eh? <laughs> with voice projection, but if all of us are sharing, it will be better. So, book of Jonah chapter 1. may come 
unto us. So the seed wrought and was tempered, and he said unto them, Take me up and cast me forth into the sea, so shall the sea become unto you. For I know that for my sake this great tempest is upon you. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to bring it to the land, but they couldn't. For the sea wrought, for the sea wrought whilst tempest against them. Wherefore they cried unto the Lord and said, We beseech thee, O Lord, we beseech thee, let us not perish for this man's life, and lay not upon us innocent blood. For thou, O Lord, hast done as it pleased thee. So they took up Jonah and cast him forth in the sea. And, and the sea ceased from her. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice unto the Lord and met for the now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. Thank you, Jehu. <laughs> All right. So we have heard this story before. We have watched the cartoons, maybe even the Bible project video. We've heard the story of Jonah, yeah? Who, who is hearing it for their very first time? We, we have had the story. Cool. Okay, so God calls Jonah a prophet. He, this his occupation is to listen to God and say what God says to say. So he comes and he's like, so Jonah, this is the plan. There's this city of Nineveh, which was like immoral and crazy and ugh. And he's like, there's this city. Their sin has risen up to me. Go and rebuke them. Go and tell them. And so, as a good prophet, Jonah replies, hell nah, like no, like no. And he, he replies in the best way possible. He goes, he gets his money, he goes, he pays for a ship fare to go in the opposite direction of Nineveh, right? So he goes, gets into the ship, like he really works hard and he's like, I'm not going to, I'm fleeing. The, the Bible says he was fleeing from the presence of God. And we'll come back to that guy. So he's fleeing from the presence and a storm. God creates a wind that creates a storm and starts to hammer the ship. And the sailors are stressed out. They are freaking out. Everyone is praying to their own God, Buddha, mommy, who everyone is praying. Yeah, They are all praying to their God to save them. And they actually start throwing out their cargo to try and make it easier for them to survive. And the ship doesn't like capsize, right? Where is brother Jonah? He's asleep in the hull. So how many of us have been in a car on a Maram road? No, some people don't have my struggles, but yeah. So how many have been in a car where the Maram is not really soil but stones? Have you, have you successfully slept through that journey? <laughs> you guys, yes. But let me see that yes, guys. You guys are hardcore. Woo! Hardcore fab. Anyway, but it's, it's, it's really uncomfortable. It's hard to actually fall asleep with all that tossing and turning. Now, these ones are in a ship, and it's even worse. Like, it's really worse. So the captain comes, and he's like, fam, how are you sleeping? Like, how can you sleep? We are going to die. You also call on your God. Like, maybe you're the missing link, right? 
call on your God and he will save us, right? Now, how many of us think Jonah called on God? Like, do you think like he was like, man, God, save us. You see, we're dying here. What? Do we think he called on God? Yes or no? <clears throat> Collectively. Okay, cool, cool. So, they reach there. The sailors, are, again, remember the boat hasn't stopped in all this convo, right? So, it's still there. So, the guys are like, man, let's cast lots and find out what is happening. It was like their weird way of divination, juju. But God is like, I'll work through this. I'll work through your crazy, right? And the lot falls on Jonah. And they're like, who are you? What are you? For? Like, where is this happening to us? And then Jonah, I don't know if he was proud in saying it, or he just said it under his breath. He says, I'm a Hebrew, and I worship God, the God of the sea and the dry land. Do you truly... Uh, this is just, it may be rhetorical, you may answer. Do you truly believe that, Je that Jonah knew what he was saying? <laughs> because going back to, I think it's about verse 3, he was fleeing from God, right? From the presence of God. So ideally, he was fleeing to a place where God was not, right? But then he's here and he's telling these guys, God made the dry land and the sea. So... Like, nigga had a problem. But then also, to throw it to us, hmm? have there been times when, and I'm, let's use God because other people might, you can hide from Ruth, you can hide from Patra, but have we ever tried to run away from God? You're like, I did this thing, I know it was wrong, and so you're like running away from God, pretending you can't, he can't see you. I don't know if any of us have experienced that. For me, I did. Many times. To the point where now it's like, you know what, God, I know you're there, but like, I'm going to act like you're not here, and I'm fine, and we are fine. So yeah, so now he tells them that I worship this God, and these guys are like, what have you done? Because he tells them that actually I was running from God, and that's why this drama is happening. So they are like, okay, fine. How can we be saved? How can this storm subside? And Jonah's genius answer is, to limit all his words, kill me. So Jonah is like, kill me. So why, just if anyone can, why do you think Jonah said, finish me off and this thing will go? Because he was running away from God, uh-huh, anyone else? God is merciful and he'll spare the rest. <laughs> God is merciful and he'll spare the rest and take him. Uh-huh, who else? Exactly. Jonah would rather die than go to Nineveh. <laughs> Jonah would rather die than say, God, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Because again, God is merciful, right? God is merciful. And he could have forgiven his sins. But Jonah is like, Mwah. I'm the one and I'm sticking to it. I'd rather die. He was stubborn enough to say, I'd rather die. But these guys, these sailors are like, uh, farm. We are, we are not doing this. So they start rowing and trying to save not just themselves but Jonah as well. Which is kind of like a contrast. Because if you look at it this way, Jonah was sent to Nineveh. Yes, they were evil, but technically they didn't touch him. Right? But they were evil. These sailors were trying to save Jonah who was, he had messed with their bag. 
like he had messed with their money, he had messed with their lives, but they were trying to save him. So there's also those two contrasts, yeah? But after a while, because God also doesn't give up, eh? he has all the time in the world to shake, shake that boat. Eh? So after a while, they're like, fam, God, please, we are sorry. We are really sorry, but we're throwing him off, okay? We're doing what you want. So they throw him off, the place comes down. They're just so afraid, they worship him, they revere him. And then God, because God is like, I always say it's interesting how as humans we think we can fight, we can win in a war with God. Eh? So he sends a fish to swallow Jonah, right? And he stays there three days and three nights, Jonah. How many of you, so like, you have jumped, you jumped in the water, you're like, now I'm going to die, woo <laughs> And then you're eaten, and I, I think he was sort of like sitting somewhere because like, then you're in a fish for three days and three nights. Now the boat was uncomfortable, right? How much more uncomfortable do you think it was to be in a fish? Because a fish is not like a sub. It doesn't go like this, right? It's like this. Three days and three nights, nigga is not saying, I'm sorry, he has jumped. He's like, no, I am sticking to my guns. And the beauty is we're actually going to talk about Jonah this whole month. And each Sunday, we're just going to open up another layer of the story. But for today, we're just going to focus on this one part, Jonah's disobedience. Now, if I was to ask, what do you think Jonah's reason for disobeying God was? Because he's a prophet, right? He works with God. He's read all the stories, you know, of what God has done and how powerful he is. So what do you think must have been the ultimate reason for him to disobey God? Okay, he thought that they never deserved God, God's mercy. Anyone else? At some point, he was trying to test God. Eh? <laughs> mm. What happens if I do this? Let me see what God will do. You know, just a little bit. If I extend. Okay, cool, cool. So now, I'm going to take us back to two other stories in the Bible to help us better understand where Jonah's disobedience comes from yeah so the first story is one we know many times it's it's their fault we are in this mess adam and eve in genesis chapter 3 right so god gives these two people this whole garden with everything to eat and life is good and what and then in chapter 3 they decide to have some designs about their life right and they disobey god and do any of us remember the consequences of it, of their disobedience? They are chased from the garden. That's the, that's the smaller, smaller one. What are the other ones that happened because of them? They were supposed to die. Uh-huh. <laughs> Labor pains. This is true. Some of us, it's the struggle. Uh-huh. Anyone else? Man has to endure Monday mornings. Every week, Monday comes around and you have to go and you have to work. So there was a consequence to their disobedience. They were told not to do this and they chose to do this. Another story, let me just, it's in 1 Samuel chapter 13. So 1 Samuel chapter 13 and 
For a long time, Israel had been crying, we want a king, we want a king, we need someone to make our lives hard. So they wanted a king because their neighbors had kings, right? And so God finally gives them a king called Saul. Now, this is a story of Saul. First of all, Saul was an interesting person. But in this chapter, he had gone to war, right? And the people that they were fighting against sort of overpowered the, the, the army that he had gone with. And so he starts to see guys scattering, and he's like, normally what would happen was Samuel, who was the prophet at the time, would come and offer a sacrifice to God to ask to protect them, keep themselves win the battle yeah so but you see like so so the seeing guys they're running away da, 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 da. and starting from uh, let me see verse eight so from verse eight yeah so he waited for seven days and times and the time set by samuel but samuel did not come to gilgal and samuel's men and saul's men began to scatter so he said, bring me the burnt offerings and the fellowship offerings. And Saul offered up the burnt offering. Just as he had finished making the offering, Samuel arrived. And Saul went out to greet him. Yeah? So Samuel replies, what have you done? Saul says, when I saw that the men were scattering and that you did not come at the set time and that the Philistines were assembling at Michmash, Michmash, that one, I thought, now the Philistines will come down against me at Gilgal, and I have not sought the Lord's favor. Hmm? So I felt compelled to offer the burnt offering. So Samuel is like, oh my God, you are so wise, you are proactive, guys. No, Samuel is like, you have done a foolish thing. You have not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. If you had, he would have established your kingdom over Israel for all time. So in this case, looking at Samuel's story, he was proactive, right? Sorry, Saul's story. He was proactive. He needed the favor of God. They were in a war. Samuel was late. And he said, let's get these things rolling, eh? Let's get things moving, eh? And, Saul, and Samuel says, you have done a foolish thing. You have not kept the command that God has given also for Jonah we see the same thing he had been told what to say but then he goes and he's like I'm not going he again does not keep the command that God has given to him in first Samuel chapter 15 the aftermath of that is that God rejects Saul and in verse 22 Samuel is telling him his demise and Samuel replies to him does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying him? To obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed is better than the fat of rams. For rebellion is like the sin of divination, witchcraft, juju, and arrogance like the evil of idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. God holds in high esteem obedience. You can say, I'm going to fast, I'm going to pray, I'm going to give all my clothes away. But if God is saying, go and wash the dishes, it doesn't matter. You can fast, you can pray, you can roll around, but they just 
God just said, go wash the dishes. God said, go wash the dishes. Right? And you see, many times we as Christians think we are wiser. Right? We know what we are doing. And, and just to go back a bit to Jonah's story, when he is asked who he is, and he says, I am a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord uh, who made the earth and the, what's again? the sea. Yeah? Do you truly think that Jonah worshipped God? First of all, do you know what worship is? Reverence. What does it mean to have reverence? Submission. Uh-huh. To have a lifestyle that honors God. Uh-huh. Google's dictionary also says that reverence, and I'm going to use reverence because that's what um, Terry had put out, deep respect for someone or something. To worship is to have deep respect for someone or something and to adore that thing or person. In, in this story of Jonah, who do you think Jonah had reverence for? Jacinta says himself. Do we agree? Or you're like, mm. okay, yeah. So you can see from his very actions that the person he did worship and the person he had reverence for was himself. Now, how many of us, like, if you look at yourselves properly and the decisions you've made in life, you truly worship yourself more than God. It's okay, come put up your hands, man. Like, there's no judgment here. Thanks, you guys really worship God. <laughs> eh? In your, in, your, in your daily lives, as you go about the decisions that you make, do you truly worship God or do you worship yourself? Sometimes. Okay, okay, like what's the percentage here, here? Like 60, 40, 30% worshiping God, what's 30% worshiping yourself? Thanks. <laughs> 20, 80, okay, it's getting, getting real. But here is the fun thing about life, friends. God does not do 20, 40, 20, 80, 50, 50, he does 100. Obedience is a hundred. And you can only obey him if you worship him. And you can only worship him if you truly love him, if you know him. And throughout this month, even as we touch base on Jonah and his wonderful exploits in worshiping God, I want us to keep reflecting, even as we go home this week, the decisions that you make the friends that you decide to talk to, the thoughts that are in your head, the way you speak to your parents, is it a reflection of your worship to God? This, this week has been quite fun in that my parents have really, they have, they have really helped me to understand <laughs> obedience to God this week. Because like you have a plan and you're like, mom, dad, this week, this is the plan for the week, yeah? I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. And everyone's like, yes, we hear you, we got you, yeah. And then, and this happened like four times this week. At 5 a.m., my mother opened the door and said, so I'm going to do this and this and this. So you can stay home eh, a little longer, eh? 
They're like, oh, but I have a meeting at eight, and it's okay, you, you go. Meeting aborted because they didn't come back in time for you to go for the meeting. I remember sometimes I had told her, uh, what was I doing? Anyway, I was like, I had to go and see some, like the day was packed, right? So she's like, yeah, but you see, like I need you to do, like this week I was like, whoa, where? But it, it, it was a point of reflection. If I truly say that I'm honoring God, if I truly say that I obey him and I worship him, his word says, honor your father and your mother. Not when they are on your schedule, not when they know what you're up to, not when everything is great. Honor your father and your mother. Yeah? And so even as we go through life, may we look at ourselves with sober eyes, clear eyes, and ask ourselves each day, this that I am going to do, this that I am saying, this that I am thinking, am I truly honoring God? Because his word is very clear, by the way, it's very clear on how we should live. And if we think that we can, like, maneuver it, then in a in sense, we are not worshiping him. We are thinking maybe that what we feel, how we think, our reasoning is actually higher than God's. Because that's what it means to say, God, your opinion, first hold up my opinion, is what I'm going to do. It's actually saying, God, you don't know what you're talking about. Me as me, I know what I'm talking about. Right? And if we do that, we have first of all switched up the order of life. God has gone down and we've gone up. And we all know that's not true. Oh, I hope we know that that's not true because he kind of made you and he's lived forever and you kind of will die. I'm just saying like God is above all things. And so even as we go and as I conclude, I do hope that as we go through this month and even now as we are in the month, not the month, the time of Lent as a church, I know, I know we were fasting in Jan, we're fasting some more guys, it's not bad to fast, right? But as we go through this time of Lent, May we truly take time off to examine our hearts, examine our actions, examine our desires, to put them on the scale of life and see, is this in obedience to God or is, it, is this in obedience to myself? Am I the God or is God God? And then when we have sat with ourselves and we realize that 80, 20, you know, of course 80% meaning I obey God and 20% small, small disobedience, May we then come back to the table, come back on our knees and ask God once again to forgive us. Ask God once again to help us to grow in our devotion. Ask God once again to remind us, to remind us of who we are, like who we are for real, for real. That we'll be able to truly look at him for who he is.